Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, okay, it's a beautiful day. Okay, okay, it's a beautiful day. Hey McFly, we're going old school with some of our favorite extinct Epcot attractions. But first, the week's travel news. Oh, and details on how you could win a trip to Walt Disney World. Fire up your flux capacitor and be careful not to become your own grandpa. It's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventurer Society. You're gathered in an empty mall parking lot after midnight. Suddenly, a halo of blue electric light illuminates the sky, accompanied by the sound of space and time apparently being torn apart. A sensible blue minivan appears suddenly out of nowhere and screeches to a stop beside you. The window rolls down and I stick my head out. Look guys, it's no DeLorean, but I needed something big enough to bring everyone with me. I just came back from Epcot in 1990 and great Scott was it amazing. Jump in! But but there's no roads. Just where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> Are there going to be bathroom breaks along the way? Uh, there's a there's a mason jar in the back there. You can use that, Dan. <laughs> uh, great, we're going Skyliner. Okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, too soon. We're going to designate a poo corner. Oh, we made it all of 15 seconds. <laughs> I'll still ride it. <laughs> all right. Guys, I decided I decided to spring this one on you without any warning. Before we get to the news, it's very important that everybody shares their favorite song from an Epcot show or attraction. And I'm going to need your answer in the form of a brief musical performance, oh, whether man. that's humming, whistling, rapping, singing. Um, I'll go first to give you guys a chance to think. This one's been stuck in my head for about a week now because that's the kind of life I lead. <laughs> I love I love the song that goes. Veggie fruit, fruit, veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Kitchen cabaret. Veggie, fruit, veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Kitchen cabaret, classic. It's such a good song. Such a good song. They should not, I... Darn you, Soren. All right, I'm jumping in. Imagination. She took the easy one. I had to get there before Jess. Uh-huh, now you guys are stuck. Oh no, oh no. I've got one that this it's gonna stick with us all day, but uh -oh. let it go. Let oh, it go. Dave. <laughs> something something anymore. <laughs> Jess. Um all right. I'm gonna have to go with one of the Yanni instrumentals that uh they used in the past for entrance music. <laughs> so I have to sing this, right? Is that what you're saying? Comment, whistle, okay. interpret any way yeah, you can. That's right. <laughs> I have dug a hole for myself. Um uh, you know what? I, I can't come up with it. You could always sing America, spread your golden wings. Oh, America, <laughs> spread your golden wings. All right. That's as good as you're getting. That's what I was looking for. 
That's what I was looking for. Mm, okay. Good. I think we're that warmed up and ready to go to the news. Jess, we got anything on the theme park front for this week? Yeah, actually, it's a slow week in theme park news, at least statewide. We've got uh, the Enchanted Rose has now opened at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. Um, this is a new lounge that's inspired by the live action Beauty and the Beast, which came out a few years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's a Beauty and the Beast themed lounge uh, serving a menu of smaller items like artisanal cheeses, house-made flatbread, short rib sliders, white sturgeon caviar. And they've also got a really extensive wine menu um, and specialty tableside cocktails, where I'm assuming that means they make the cocktail at your table. So that sounds pretty interesting. It's like tableside guac, but for, for cocktails. I like it. I could see that being really popular. Yeah, that's the only thing I've had table side is guacamole. <laughs> so I don't know. I always feel yeah. I always feel weird. Like I have to apologize. <laughs> like I have to applaud or like you know give them some sort of feedback on their performance. But didn't you get? Wasn't there some place in Universal that they do that with like a gin cart and they make gin and tonics at your table? Ooh. Oh, that Ooh, sounds know. really familiar, and I cannot yeah. think of where that is. It's uh, it's at one of the Universal. Huh. <laughs> I need to go there if if we figure out where it is. Yeah. <laughs> Alert me immediately. Well, we'll find yeah. it. No, you won't. At least not anymore. Or maybe it never existed. I'm not entirely certain. I could have sworn that when I was looking at options for dining when I went down to Universal Studios in May that I saw something about this at one of the resorts, but... It's not there anymore. The internet can't be, tell me anything about it. So I'm so sorry to have wasted your time. I'm sure that there's some restaurant somewhere where you can find a similar tableside gin trolley service. But alas, it seems that not at Universal Studios. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> no, I'm really excited for Enchanted Rose. I read a really like mm-hmm. meh review of it. Um, but I have seen the photos and the menus, and it looks fantastic. I'm excited. That chandelier is pretty awesome. That looks it looks like a, they say it's inspired by a dress, but it kind of looks like a rose hanging hanging down there. Yeah. yeah, it does. And it's a much bigger space. I, I did love hanging out at Meisner's, but it was it was too small. It was always crowded in there. And if you didn't get in there early, there was nowhere to sit. And this took over the whole that whole stuffy <laughs> uh, menswear shop <laughs> next door <laughs> where you could buy a crappy leather belt for $100. Uh, everybody needs that. But it's OK. It, I, this looks you, I'm excited you didn't enjoy to see the Burlington this. Coat Factory. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm going to be checking that out Ooh. next weekend, I think. It looks mm-hmm. good. You'll have to good. let us know. I will. I will report back. Yeah. Um, I think we've said enough. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, I don't want to get, I mean, I don't necessarily want to get into nitpicking about where it is and whether or not it belongs there. I mean. Nitpick away, Dan. What is it? Ah, he... Okay, well, I mean, the entire internet's already talked about does, does this, uh, you know. Does it belong at the Grand Floridian? Uh, right, sure. since the Grand Floridian is Victorian era. Yeah. And all, but, you so know, that's fair. it's okay. I get that, but, I mean, as we've all been basically told over and over again by Disney, IP is going to be inserted right. mm-hmm. in every yeah. inch and corner of the resort. So it may not fit with what we used to think of as how the hotels, you know, themed themselves, but it's going to be the way things are. So all we can do now is hope that it's done well. Yeah. And I don't think this one is in your face, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it's got the little I don't think touches, so either, yeah. but 
It's not yeah. like you're, it's not like the beast is right there greeting you at the door and He's making your <laughs> table side cocktails. Does that give you an idea, Dan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can they make another? Because they've got that animatronic Lumiere at uh, Enchanted Tales. Oh, yeah. Can they get that That's guy true. there for like entertainment while you're, he can be That's making comments <laughs> from behind the bar or something? That would be phenomenal. Yes. That would be good. They have robot bartenders now. They could just combine audio animatronics with robot bartenders and then he could serve your drink. If they're going for it, go all in. They can make the animatronics, so let's turn it into a show. You know, I want a pizza time sure. explosion, but, uh, <laughs> or pizza, pizza, but, uh, you know, right? You know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, save me. You got a news story? I do. So, we talked on an earlier episode about being able to uh, spend a night in the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Well, this one. This is just in time for our listeners to jump on this and maybe have the chance to spend the night in the Goodyear Blimp. Oh, that would be cool. Yes. (laughs) So the Goodyear Blimp is transforming into an Airbnb for three nights, and reservations will go live on October 15th when this podcast is released. So if you're lucky enough to nab a reservation, you can spend... The, they're they're doing it in one night stays, so you could spend either the night of October twenty second, twenty third, or twenty fourth in the Blimp, and it's going to be stationed at a hangar in Ohio before it um, takes off to cover the hmm. um, Michigan. Who are they playing that week? Michigan Notre Dame game in Ann Arbor. So after it after it does its little stint as an Airbnb, it's going to take off and fly over the big house for the Michigan Notre Dame game. Reservations are only going to be $150 a night plus tax. And that fee includes access to the blimp, including the overnight accommodations for two people. And then it says room for four friends during the day. So it's where it's going to be stationed is going to be near a lakefront camping spot. So you'll be able to sleep in the blimp, but you'll also have a grill, a fire pit. It says they'll have tailgating essentials like cornhole. And then... The people who uh, who nab those reservations will also get tickets to the Michigan Notre Dame game that week. So 150 bucks gets you all of that. All of that stuff. Yes, That's for one steal. night. Hmm. Right. That's really exciting. I grew up about 15 minutes from where they dock those blimps and stuff. We kind of took it for granted. Uh, you see it, you know, in Ohio. At least Is once. That, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, near Akron and. Once a week, you'd see that thing go over, and then, and then you moved up to Michigan. And I realized, oh, I don't, you don't see that ever. It looks really cool. I would love just to to get a chance to tour it, much less spend the night in it. So, while, after you hear this this podcast, go immediately to Airbnb, and maybe one of our listeners can snag a reservation. Yeah, may the odds be ever in your favor. That's a really popular thing that they've been doing. It seems lately is these weird little specialty pop up boutique kind of yeah and it's opportunities. so cool <laughs> i i actually had to choose between two stories for that um and i think i chose the correct one um we'll give honorable mention to one there's a there's a pop-up lisa frank hotel room in california oh, that I looks saw like that yeah 
It looks it looks like a middle school locker threw up all over the <laughs> really side. Really does. Of the... <laughs> I was about to say, do you sleep in a trapper keeper? Like... <laughs> yeah. Practically, yeah. Um, but then this one, um, and it's actually not through Airbnb, but it's the same kind of limited edition super cool hotel room um you can spend the night in a real life version of the adams family mansion this oh Halloween. yes i saw that one too yeah yeah from from booking.com i found this on travelandleisure.com it says uh located in a 19th century townhouse in brooklyn's historic cobble hill neighborhood this spooky manor will feature plenty of nods to each individual individual member of the Adams family play with weird machines in Pugsley's room watch out for Wednesday's beheaded doll in the living room be careful be careful watering Morticia's carnivorous plants or even Paul Lurch's famous you rang bell to set the mood and uh you might even get see an appearance from thing there's pictures in this article it looks amazing Wednesday it's got uh it sleeps up to four guests with a king-size bed a queen-size bed and one twin bed there's a picture of Wednesday's room and there's a tiny little electric chair with a doll sitting in it <laughs> and a Ouija board set out in the middle of the floor for seances. Pugsley's room has a giant metal bombs uh, suspended over the bed. Uh, so if you are creepy and kooky and just a little ooky, this hmm. would be right up your alley, I think. <laughs> it looks so how long before they open the cop? How long before they open the copycat monsters one? <laughs> oh, I hope so. I think I would prefer the Monsters House, actually. Yeah, personally. I would too. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a Monsters guy. <laughs> um, so this mo- the mansion will be available to rent for one hundred and one dollars and ten cents per night. It's going to be limited uh, to four one night stays. Are going to be available um, October 29th through the first. So just in time for Halloween. Bookings for this open up at noon Eastern on the 28th. So again, hop on booking.com then and try to get in there because I want to see pictures. Absolutely. That looks cool. Did they say if the characters are going to be there? So. Like if you're going to see like. It didn't look like it. No, it's just really sets the atmosphere. And then they said maybe thing will be there. But other than that, it Hmm, specifically says ghosts. This article says ghosts and other creepy creatures are not counted in the stay. Hmm. There is a polar bear rug and a carnivorous plant on the coffee table, though. <laughs> Better than nothing, I guess. Polar bear rug. Love it. <laughs> yep. So I have a story that relates to why you should really use a travel advisor. Uh, recently, Alec Baldwin was scammed when he was trying to visit the Statue of Liberty with his family. I came across oh, I this article. This. Did you see this article? I came across it on msn.com. And he was trying to take his wife and kids to on a cruise just to pass the, the Statue of Liberty. And what he purchased were uh, tickets that ended up being just a ferry from New Jersey. <laughs> so his... <laughs> Almost the same thing. He... Uh, he posted it on Instagram, and his his Instagram post says, So we head to South Ferry. Me and Hilaria, two sharp, savvy New Yorkers, kids in tow. We buy the tickets for the boat tour of the Statue of Liberty. And his, his Instagram post has a picture of the tickets that they bought, and it looks legit. It's got the Statue of Liberty on it. It's from a place called Tours R Us. 
He says, <laughs> we, so we buy the tickets for the boat tour of the Statue of Liberty and are immediately escorted to a shuttle bus to New Jersey. I kid you not. <laughs> we paid. Then we read the tickets. No one ever mentioned new effing Jersey. This is a scam. So what they what they ended up doing is just taking the Staten Island Ferry, which is free, and it goes right past the mm-hmm. Statue of Liberty. Had he consulted a a travel advisor, he may have figured been able to be advised that there is only one company that is allowed to do cruises past the Statue of Liberty and then actually drop you off there on Liberty Island. And it's a company called Statue Cruises. And the tickets are only $18.50. It looks like he paid like $40. A, yes, $40 a ticket for this Ouch. shuttle from New Jersey <laughs> to nowhere. Wow. So, yeah, tip, uh, you can go to both Liberty Island and Ellis Island with, via Statue Cruises for only $18.50, and they can be purchased online or at Battery Park or from your friendly neighborhood travel advisor. Definitely have one of us help you out. We won't, we'll won't. we make sure you won't get scammed. That way you don't have to go to New Effing Jersey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one ever mentioned New really Effing Jersey. <laughs> Alec didn't say effing either, but this is a family show, so. <laughs> sort yeah, we, of. we don't want that explicit badge. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jess, anything from the theme parks? Um, yeah, so uh, we've got an opening date for Legoland New York. Um, that's going to be the new Legoland theme park opening up July 4th of 2020. It's going to be a 150-acre theme park with a 250-room on-site hotel in Goshen, New York. I'm probably not pronouncing that correct. Um, and uh, so they're building that currently, and the resort's going to come first, and then the accompanying hotel will be open in 2021. And when it opens, it's going to be the biggest Legoland amusement park to date. So that'll be something uh, really good for the uh, for our Upper East Coast guests that are looking for more theme parks closer to them. Legoland's a great park for younger kids, too. Yeah. Definitely. And they've been expanding with putting in hotels in the past few years that uh, seem to be doing pretty well. They they are more on the budget side, so it it's better for budget-minded families. Absolutely. Does it say if it's seasonal or is it all year? Um, it did not say in the release that I read. I was wondering about that. That's kind of interesting to do a theme park in the the climate issues. New York. Although, you know, yeah. by the time, by then, that might be subtropical climate anyway. So. <laughs> you, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They're, they're they're playing the long game. You know, they're they're just getting ready for upstate right. New York to be ninety <laughs> degrees all year. So I found a new job listing that I think I'm going to go for, and I, I might share it here with our listeners. According to TravelAndLeisure.com, you can get paid to travel through Greece with your best friend, and all you have to do is Instagram it. Anybody up for this? How many posts are we talking? <laughs> so <laughs> the company Unforgettable Greece is looking for an IG savvy traveler to spend nine days in Greece 
just taking photos of the trip. One lucky person is going to be chosen for this job to take over the Unforgettable Greece Instagram account for the trip. They'll get paid 550 euros, which is about $600 to do it. But you also will be, the, the company is going to fund the entire trip. So they'll pay for all of the uh, hotels. They're going to give you a Samsung S10. I have no idea whether that's a good phone. I'm, a, I'm an iPhone girl, but there it is. It's the newest note or the newest one. <laughs> ah, got it. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> but all you have to do to apply for this is upload your best travel photo to Instagram and tag at Unforgettable Greece and use the hashtag Unforgettable Instagrammer in your caption. And they're accepting these applications until November 15th at 11.59 p.m. British summertime. <laughs> yeah. And the article notes that it's important to be be aware of the time zone. <laughs> don't don't put it on there at 11:59 p.m. Eastern time or you're you're going to be out. Oh no. But th I mean this looks amazing. 9-day trip to Greece and some spending money just for taking Instagram photos. Yeah, yeah I this mean most people would be doing that anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And this is another one that I've been seeing pop up a lot lately is uh, offerings of these gigs. Um, I know uh, Harley Davidson did one uh, where you spend the summer driving around the United States on a Harley and taking over their Instagram. Uh, they would put you up in hotels and stuff. Uh, I think uh, Wolf Brand Chili or Kingsford Charcoal or something did one with the NFL where they were going to give you tickets, send you to a different NFL game each week for the whole season and have you do posts about food and tailgate food and stuff like Tailgating. that. Tailgating. Mm, yep. Fun. Um, company was doing it with ski resorts recently. Uh, they wanted to send you to several ski resorts. Um, and I know there was one in Britain that was specifically for dog hotels. They wanted to find the best Instagram pooch that they could find and have you go around <laughs> and review dog hotels. So, yes. <laughs> um, okay. so this is another, <laughs> this is another like trend that's been popping up in the travel area. That That's I a mean, great idea. I like it. Yeah. It seems like I said, it seems like there's something new every week. So just, you know, keep an eye out for these contests and maybe you can get a cool vacation out of the deal. Absolutely. The last news item I've got this week um, is uh, coming from Beijing. Uh, we've got a Universal Studios Beijing opening up in 2021, and they have just announced the lands for the park. Um, so maybe this will give us a little bit of an inclination as to what we can expect from Epic Universe over here. Um, I'll read the list and you guys tell me what you think. So the lands that they've got slated for uh, Universal Studios Beijing are Hollywood Boulevard, which the entrance area, probably a lot like Universal Studios Florida, uh, a Minion Land. Jurassic Park, or excuse me, Jurassic World, Isla Nublar, uh, Transformers Metro Base, Kung Fu Panda Land hmm. of Awesomeness, <laughs> a, I hope a, so. wa <laughs> a Waterworld Land, what? which I had to check what? the calendar. I Yeah, uh, what? so apparently it's going to have the Waterworld show that's still going on out in Universal oh, Studios in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. But I still am like, is <laughs> right. Waterworld huge over there? I don't get it. But um, has anyone ever heard of it anymore? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then finally the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter Hogsmeade. Ah, so they're those... getting a they're getting a Hogsmeade. Nice. Yeah. So I, I was thinking it might give us an idea of what we're getting, but I don't really see any of those 
fitting in no, with like the no concept shit. art that was released no, or any of that. Not really, especially not Waterworld. <laughs> not Waterworld. No. Yeah, I can see them. I can see. I could see them bringing over the minions uh, or Kung thing. Fu Panda. Land of yeah. Awesome. Um, or well, even... we knew they wouldn't do Nintendo Land in China because the Chinese don't like Japanese things. So right. that was out. Yeah. Right. Um, even even the Jurassic, I mean, I know that there was long time ago rumors and whispers about Jurassic World um, mm -hmm. becoming more of a thing. Um, I believe that somebody at one point dig, dug up patents where they had plans to make those clear spheres that they roll around oh, in. Oh, wow. There was, yeah, they've yeah. been talking about that, like an attraction so, that uses those. Cool. Yeah, so either that's going straight to uh, <laughs> straight to Beijing or maybe... Try it in by. China first. Yeah. <laughs> Get all the safety concerns out. <laughs> yeah. But I think the real story here is that I'm sure Kevin Costner is, like, super excited. <laughs> You think you'll have him there for the opening? In the world. <laughs> he probably forgot he made that movie. <laughs> Most of us are trying to forget that he made that movie. <laughs> it's still not as bad as The Postman. Okay, fair. That's yeah. <laughs> fair. You know, we all go through hard times, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Such hard Should times Should I get for him. Costner a break, Dave? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying I'm, he gave us the bodyguard, okay, and Tin Cup. <laughs> and Dave will always love him. <laughs> I'm getting ideas for a spin-off um, podcast show with Dave right now. For the love of the game, yeah. all right? Lay off the Tin Cup. <laughs> Dave talks Costner. Yeah. Dave on Costner. We could, we could talk his good stuff yes. all day. <laughs> The Unforgettables, all right? <laughs> guy makes guy makes two bad movies. Okay. <laughs> but they were both, like, so long that they equal the rest of his entire film career. Yeah. Like, that's, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, wasn't Waterworld, like, the most expensive movie it ever made like at that point? It was, like, 19 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> and sold seven tickets at the theaters. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, Dave were three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew you were a big Costner fan there, Dave. I'm learning so much about you. So if they put Kevin Costner movies at Epcot, you'd be you'd be better. Oh, Listen, there it is. Maybe a bodyguard attraction. I don't know. <laughs> Where you just get carried by an audio animatronic Kevin Costner. Yes. I have some concerns about Whitney's role in the movie, but we'll figure that out. Later. Step one is to figure out which Costner movies were Fox properties, and we can go from there. Definitely there not draft, yeah. not draft day though. That one was terrible. Fifth Gate. Oh. I'm calling it now. Costner Gate. Costner World. All right, I have two related stories about large animals. The first one comes oh. from uh, uh, so the story. Well, the story's on a blog. It's a Southern thing. Um, and this <laughs> was brought to my blog. attention by my by my Aunt Laura. Shout out, Aunt Laura. Thanks for the story. Headline, Great Smoky Mountains officials warn of 700-pound elk charging at cars on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Whoops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're uh, driving along the Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina, uh, you might want to watch out for the elk. Apparently, they've Ooh. been they've been making a big comeback in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And they are very large and very aggressive. Um, they've been known to charge cars. The elk. Yeah, and they are big. Huh. 700 pounds is, is, is a rather large yeah. animal. Um, yeah. That's kind of their max size. But still, uh, it's mainly just the story is just when you're in those kinds of places, if you're in the Smoky Mountains or at Yellowstone or whatever, don't get out of your car and chase the animals down huh. for a picture. We've yeah. all got, we've got zoom on our cameras. So just zoom in and. 
get it from a safe distance. I remember when I was probably, I think I was four years old and we went on a family vacation to the Great Smoky Mountains and there was a a big lineup of vehicles on the side of the road and my dad got out to explore and a whole bunch of guys were chasing down a baby black bear <laughs> to get pictures. Oh, and that's not that's smart. A bad yeah, idea. no. So bad, bad, bad. That's a real bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it generally is. So watch out baby for those black bears are cute, but their mamas yeah, it's, it's are not, not the baby you gotta worry about, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With all species, pretty much, right? Um, so, so there's the giant elk in uh, in North Carolina, and then we're going to go to Alaska to Katmai National Park. Apparently, every year since 2014, they have they they have a special event that goes on. It's Fat Bear oh, Week. Yes, Fat Bear <laughs> Week. I read about this. And um, so, so the bear, it's like my home. <laughs> <laughs> the bear, the bears are the bears are putting on their winter weight to get ready for. Uh, for hibernation and they get huge and so they've they set up this uh like march madness style bracket where you can vote yes. on <laughs> they they make the bears go head to head and you can vote on who you think your favorite fat bear is oh and they have webcams set up all over the park right that they're they're catching the pictures of these bears yeah so um this year's winner is um the story says meet the most beautiful most voluptuous bear in alaska her name is holly (laughs) and she is so uh, funny she is a big voluptuous bear indeed oh yeah that's a big bear yeah Yeah, the the website shows you they they show you a before (laughs) and after photos too they try to catch the bears before they've put on their hibernation weight Uh and then you have to decide which bear is the fattest Uh it's so funny it's like a reverse before yes. and after for Jenny yes. Craig. It is. Apparently, uh, Holly won not just for her size, but also she won Miss Congeniality. Holly has adopted a cub that was abandoned by its mother, which is apparently a rare phenomenon. Aww. According to the National Park Service, uh, bears are generally selfish creatures and are not known for displays of altruism, it says in her bio. So if you want to take a peek at the new reigning queen of Katmai National Park, uh, you can Holly check the out Fat Bear. Holly the Fat Bear. We'll put up a link to the live stream so you can see what she's up to before she goes to sleep for the winter. That's so Honestly, cool. Honestly, it just looks like a photo of me getting out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot more hairy than I thought you would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, I just like to put on a like bearskin rug before I get in there. <laughs> It's a little weird, but whatever it goes, whatever you go for there, Jess. Do you guys know I'm a furry? Oh. Oh, okay, well, let's not alienate our furry fan base, guys, okay? <laughs> They're lovely people with a hobby that we don't understand, but... It looks like it could be fun, though. I mean... <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that next episode. Well, maybe we'll be launching a third podcast. <laughs> we're, we're starting our own podcast, podcast network here. <laughs> Dave's furry podcast. Careful, Dave. Careful with that Google hole you're about to go down. Right back, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, Heather, do you have anything else? I have one last little story, and I've tried this with my own phone, and it doesn't work in my house, and I'm so mad. Uh, I don't know if we've talked yet la- uh, much about uh, Virgin Voyages, which is the new cruise line that Richard Branson is launching, and their first ship is going to be the Scarlet Lady, and they just announced that uh, one feature on this cruise ship is going to be a shake for champagne. 
So in the Virgin Voyages app, when you're on the ship, if you feel like some champagne, you just pull out your phone, open up the app and shake it. If you're really disappointed right now that I didn't make a joke about uh, outcasts, hey, uh, just think about how I feel. Take a moment and pretend that I did that right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I know. Who doesn't love that song? All right, back to the show. And when you shake it, it brings up a screen that says, save water, drink champagne, push here. And you push the button and a bottle of Moet will appear next to you. I, I tried this in my living room and it didn't work. I was Dave really didn't bring you any champagne. <laughs> no, no one brought me a bottle of Moet. <sighs> so sad. You got to train those boys better. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting. They keep coming out with little little tidbits of what this cruise line is going to be like. And I'm fascinated because Richard Branson is kind of a fascinating, weird guy. And this whole cruise line is dreamed up by, you know, he thought he might like to take a cruise, but he didn't see any of the cruise lines that fit his, his uh, aesthetic. So he launched his own. So we'll see. Kind of keep an eye on what's going on with that cruise line aren't the isn't that the one where isn't it all uh all adults adults it's only? adults only yes yep. that was that was kind of the first thing that they that they talked about it was going to be adults only and a little bit more relaxed um they they also have their own private island and it's one that you they will stay at all day and all through the night they they end the night on their private island with a big bonfire party yeah so some cool stuff coming out about that cruise line yeah hopefully it's uh never mind we won't get into that <laughs> I, I, we won't get into discussion of what's been going on on the airline with their seat back messages. oh <laughs> yeah i saw that this it's week problematic. That's, un- that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah that's problematic okay uh i don't think we have any more news do we anything else jess that's it for no, me. It for okay. me. Um, Heather, did you want to tease your big announcement that's coming at the end of the episode? I do. Stay tuned. At the end of the episode, we are going to be talking about uh, a an exciting sweepstakes that theme park professor is going to be launching. And I'll just give you the name. It's called Disney Do-Over. And stay tuned with us to all the way to the end. And we'll give you the details of what it is and how you can enter. That's pretty exciting. Stick with us. We're going to hop on over for a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of our favorite extinct attractions from Epcot that we wish we could see again. When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your key to the world travel vacation planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the World Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, 
Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. All right, um, I'm going to set the scene again. We're walking through the World Showcase, and as we approach the blue-roofed pagoda at the front of the Japan Pavilion, a gentle breeze picks up, carrying the scent of cherry blossoms and a soft melody that isn't part of the normal background music of the area. Curious, we pass the koi ponds and head up the hill. As we reach the top, we see a figure in white, seated beneath a sakura tree, contemplating the world and writing poetry. On closer inspection, it turns out to be Dave, ready to share his latest composition with us. Beauty is gone. Epcot is a dumpster fire. Return to greatness. <laughs> is that a haiku? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Should we sit back and contemplate that for a minute? Um, what does it mean to, to you personally? Uh, <laughs> how many listeners will we lose this week? <laughs> At least it was elegant. I mean, it was well done. It was. It was yeah. very well done. I appreciated it. I feel wiser for having um, I, my life has been enriched. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. You have no idea how hard it is to write something that's only seven syllables. <laughs> haiku, like, is, haiku is an art form. Yeah, you have to count on two hands yeah, that it's way. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, wait a second. <laughs> what are you saying, Dan? I'm sorry, Zach. He'll forgive you eventually. Okay, so let's... um. I think we're going to we're going to talk about our our favorite missing attractions from I should say attractions I chose um well maybe did I well attractions it could be it could be uh entertainment whatever whatever you miss from Epcot um and I guess we'll just go around around the circle and and talk about what we've got so who wants to go first I'll go, I'll go first okay oh just beat you to it okay all right, so quick draw, McGraw. This is because, like, my first choice when I was thinking about extinct Epcot attractions is not. I did not choose this because of its theming, of its level of storytelling, of any like sort of innovative designs. Um, I chose it simply for the WTF factor <laughs> of the attraction ever existing in the first place, and okay. that would be the making of me. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I was just telling I was just telling my wife about that. Yeah, so yeah. for for those that did not get to experience this, it was um part of the Wonders of Life mm-hmm. Pavilion, which is also long gone. Um and it was basically just a movie, a short movie um that was hosted by Martin Short and it he he goes back in time and basically walks you through his parents meeting, dating, falling in love getting married and conceiving and giving birth to him. Yep. Um, and it was spectacular. I, of course, 
Yeah, you know, it was I a mean, frank discussion. Yes. Yeah, and and Disney, of course, <laughs> you know, they danced around things well enough and made it as tasteful as they could, but it just. Even at my young age, seeing that, I was like, I don't understand why this is here. I don't understand why this is part of Epcot. What is this doing here? Well, this kind of brings up the yeah. whole Wonders of Life Pavilion, which is all extinct. I, well, I mean, you can still go in there for during some of the festivals. They use it for festival space. And it is it is trapped in the 80s. They haven't really touched it yeah. since they closed everything down. But that was the home of Body Wars and Cranium Command. Anybody mm-hmm, miss Cranium mm-hmm. Command? Come on. I, I do. That one's on my list. Cranium com- It's basically yeah, inside out. Yeah. It's it was And hey, justice for Buzzy. Yeah. <laughs> justice right? for Buzzy. It's a funny show about <laughs> the human brain. I mean, it was great. I didn't really love Body Wars. Uh it it's, it was boring. It was a little boring, a simulator, but for some reason, that one always made me kind of sick to my stomach. I don't know whether it was the, I don't know what it was about that one. I was, I wasn't a Body Wars fan, but yeah. Do you get yeah. sick on Star Tours no. too? No, which is weird. Because huh. I mean, it's almost exactly the same. It really it's just, is, I yeah. think the way that, that the way the video in there was, it was, it was so confined. It literally is the same. Yeah. Machine. So that one, the, the, the theme of that one is you're you're shrunk down to be injected into the body and you're on a what was it like to remove a splinter or something? I can't remember yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah, there was an infection. Yeah. yeah. But Wonders of Life also had like personal health quizzes and you could ride a bike simulator. And it was just a, the whole. Oh, yeah. It was kind of back when a lot of Epcot was more about science and and learning that edutainment yeah, thing exactly. that they were doing yeah i remember that one feeling a little bit more like um the seas pavilion where it, the after show area there was a lot more going on and it was like kind of a little hands-on science museum kind of place yeah yeah there were tons of interactive things out just out there in the, in the in the outside the attractions yeah. They, I feel like yeah. that that's been lost in a lot of Epcot that the little games and the and the interactive things to do. Yeah, yeah that's a part that I I'm very sad to see go cuz I feel like it gives it gives kids so much more yeah, to do. There used to be a lot more of that interactive stuff and now really uh Spaceship Earth when you go underneath there that's really that's really it if you think about it. Yeah. Mhm. That's and really half it. Half of that stuff's down. Yeah. Half I of that stuff doesn't what's work. left of Image Works. Yeah. I, I had completely forgotten about the making of me <laughs> in Martin Short. I just I remember it vividly because I was just old enough to just be really uncomfortable by the whole thing. And like especially I remember it got to the point where like Martin Short has to explain to you the process and you know, you're just like you can see how uncomfortable he is. <laughs> yes. You're like, well, it's a paycheck, you know. <laughs> Might as well. After that, he's like, I will only do O Canada. I will not do anything that has to do with the human body. (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to bring up actually kind of ties into what we were talking about with the the lack of hands-on stuff going on in Epcot these days. And this is actually, uh, it's probably, it's part of an attraction that somebody I think would, would, will probably bring up, which is journey into imagination. But I really miss image works, which was the post 
post-show stuff from Journey into Imagination and all of the hands-on stuff and the the magic palette, which obviously would have to be updated for today because <laughs> that technology is not really the, the latest. Um, yeah. I miss the <laughs> Rainbow Corridor. Is that that dumb? I love that. No, no, and supposedly there's there's rumors that they're going to put that into, I think, the Play Pavilion. Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, I think it's still there. It's still up there. I'm sure it is, yeah. Um, It just... That is one of the big things I remember from my first trip, uh, which was when it was in 1982 when Epcot opened. And I remember being underwhelmed by Epcot at first when we were there. And then we went and did Journey into Imagination. And I still remember that the Rainbow, Rainbow Corridor and meeting Figment there. And um, uh, yeah, I miss that a lot. That's really sad because everything that's in the post show now just most of it doesn't even work. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah well, it some of it is still there, but it doesn't work. It's all it's just it's broke, uh, and it, and that's yeah. it's really disappointing. Yeah. Like you've got you could take care of this because it's not like you said it's old tech, so it's stuff that it they is, could yeah. fix pretty easy probably. Fix but, or update. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're gonna have it still there, uh, let's update it and. You know? It wouldn't be that hard. I mean, there's that one where you, there's the part where you conduct an orchestra by waving your hands in the air. And mm-hmm. I mean, yep. I've played that, I've I've got that Bubble Fantasia music. game for uh, for Xbox that does the exact same thing. It watches you wave your hands with your Kinect and oh, yeah. conduct yeah. the orchestra. So There was the, what was, I think it was called the Light Rider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like using lasers to write and draw. I mean, all that kind yeah. of stuff. It doesn't even have to be. The latest technology kids get into stuff like that even if it's old tech right my son still loves the image works area and it's sad because yeah i know what it used to be and then i see how half of the stuff has like a you know out of order sign on it he still loves mm-hmm. it because it's yeah. it's an interactive play area but and i mean as much as i have a very special place in my heart for figment and the imagination pavilion I don't have a lot of hope for its future after the announcements of the Epcot overhaul and yeah. how there wasn't said really anything said about imagination, figment, any of that area. Um, and I have a feeling that we're going to see that phased out. I, I, I feel you, like they'll... I'm sad by that. I, I think the I imagination pavilion is, it fits so well into the overall aesthetic of Walt Disney World as a whole and especially mm-hmm. Epcot and yeah it's 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 sad to me that we're losing that people will lose their mind when figment is I gone know. i mean yeah. that's I, and that's going to be a Friday at 4.30 thing where they just, just kind sneak of sneak it out into yeah. the weekend. Yeah. There won't be an announcement. What I mm-hmm. think they're going to do, just sort of as signaled by what they've done in the past few years, is they'll get rid of the ride, but they'll try to appease people by put keeping Figment as, you know, the food and wine mascot or whatever, you know, that they throw him in. And they'll they'll continue to have him placed in the park, but I, I don't think mm-hmm. his ride is going to yeah. make it. He's he is definitely sort of the unofficial mascot of Epcot and yeah. and hardcore Walt Disney World fans are are very pro figment. And so I don't I don't think he will go away altogether. But I miss yeah. the Dreamfinder too. 
<laughs> I know. I wish he would come back. That would be great. And, you know, as lose it, the losing of, of Journey into Imagination in its original form and kind of the downward spiral of the Imagination Pavilion, it is kind of a, a ties in really of the loss of Epcot Center, right? It's not, mm-hmm. we don't have, it's not Epcot Center anymore. We're, it's not even all caps anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's Epcot right. now. And I, some of it I can see, I really am excited for a lot of the new things that they're bringing to Epcot. I'm over the moon about Guardians of the Galaxy and and Mary Poppins and a lot of, I think a lot of that is adding to Epcot in a really great way. But I think a lot of the stuff we've lost could have still been relevant. And the Imagination Pavilion as a whole is one for me that I think could have been updated and still been, been relevant instead of losing it altogether. I agree. It was mm-hmm. kind of it kind of was the concept building that tied all of the other future world ideas together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, so I guess that was really two a, a journey into imagination in its original form and image work. And I really I don't remember much about the original ride. I think I only wrote it that one trip, and it's uh, the shortened version of it is what I am more familiar with now. Are we still gonna write it. It still makes me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, but it's not. It's not about imagination. It's not. It's about no. your five senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. <sighs> Except you don't get oh, to go no. into the taste and touch labs, so it's not even about true. all of your senses. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. That makes me really so missing weird. parts of it. <laughs> so, so yeah. I have one uh, a little bit of a newer loss. Um, uh, maybe not that new anymore, but uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yes. So, oh, yes. I'm so glad somebody brought that I, uh, I That was one of the first, our first trip back when I was, you know, little. Um, that was mm-hmm. something that I do distinctly remember. Um, whether it was the, whatever ran under the seats, you know, and it got your it legs. Mice, mice. And it freaked me yeah, out. Yeah, me too. I love that. <laughs> you got sprayed in the face with water during <laughs> so that good. one scene. Um, oh, yeah. The floor move. Of course, this. That giant snake, snake that tried out. to eat you. <laughs> and I, I didn't love the giant snake, but it was terrifying and fun, right? Yep. And I remember toward the end, the video started to go. The quality was bad. Did anybody else catch that? Yeah. It was like even with even with the mm-hmm. glasses on, it was real fuzzy, um, hard to focus. But it was the spirit of the attraction was was still good. So that's something I wish my it kids really was. could do. And they still had that at Disneyland Paris. For quite a while after it closed in 2010 at Epcot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was kind of fun because they had it in, it it was in French. The main one was in French, but you could get a headset to listen to it in several different languages. It was kind of fun just to listen to it in a different language that you don't speak. (laughs) But I don't even know now that people would would even know what that movie is. I mean, really, it's been, what, 25, 30 years since the first one came out? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get yeah. why it had to leave, but it's still still sad. Like, that one hurts the most for me. It does. <laughs> and it also really fit very well in the Imagination mm-hmm. Pavilion because mm-hmm. it's it's a great idea of thinking, well, what if you could shrink somebody down? It's I loved the movie, yeah, too. Oh, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a great movie. Yeah, so. that, was a, that right. was a standard in our house. Let's forget yeah. the second one. Yeah. No, forget even the, the second, second one's fine. It's once the they got into one. the Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves that we got a little... Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, but then he got to rampage yeah. through Las Vegas yeah. and play the, the yeah, guitar on the hard rock. And who doesn't want to so. just not get it? Okay, that is a fair point. I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they took out Honey, I Shrunk the Audience and put Captain EO back, uh, boo, <laughs> thumbs down. Well, they didn't even bring I back mean, all the effects from EO, did they? They, no. they left out a whole bunch of oh, the cool yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, all the good stuff. And yeah. I guess, you know, it was a great throwback. It was fun, and I was kind of hoping it would be a, you know, a temporary throwback and then they, that honey i shrunk the audience would be back but no. well, now it's a pixar short film sad. festival so are you happy <laughs> mm-hmm. no i mean i yeah, love i love the pixar shorts i do too we are we're big fans of them but i don't think they need their whole a whole a whole building, building you, can watch, you can sit at I mean, home and watch them on netflix so why yes. and soon to be disney plus and, and pretty, pretty soon, soon disney plus yes disney plus yeah. coming soon november 12th ladies free, and gentlemen free three plugs free three, three if we free say plugs. if we say it four we times we all get a free membership so that's uh-huh. what we're mm-hmm. shooting for <laughs> well, let's don't hear yours, my dan. we haven't heard one from you yet dan um man i got some okay let's talk about communicore and this is actually one that I okay. wish mm-hmm. that I had got to see because my first trip was in the fall of 1994. So I got there kind of right when it changed into interventions. And I mm-hmm. remember that it mostly felt like a giant Sega commercial. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. seemed like it seemed like it was mostly just kind of like the newest, fanciest video games. And there was some interesting stuff, but when you go and you look at what they had in Communicore, it kind of is, it's more like that science museum, uh, hands-on stuff. You had the one side. More of that hands-on stuff that we've lost. Yeah. So you had, you had in East, you had all of the computer central where they said, okay, we're going to show you how we actually run the park with these computer systems, you know, and they had had robots all over the place doing things. There's like a robot show where they like, didn't they like slice an egg in half with a samurai? There's, there was a (laughs) robot arm with a samurai sword. (laughs) I know that. Yeah. Um, And that is a great tragedy that that is gone because I mean, come on. Yeah, and and so it was really it really harnessed kind of because the home computer at the time was really really brand new and exciting, and I really wish that I had gotten to see that iteration of those buildings because I was honestly let down. I remember being let down as a kid by Interventions because there's just long lines to play video games. It felt mm-hmm. like to me, yeah. Well, early Interventions so wasn't. I mean. Early Interventions was weird. It had a lot of really fun stuff, but it was everything was still sponsored by a company. And so it was, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I remember they had like a giant cell phone back in like, this was like early 90s, mm-hmm. you know, and it, everything yeah. was cool, but everything had to fit in with whatever corporate sponsor they had gotten to to fill that space. So it, it would, mm-hmm. I'm sure now if, you know, we went back in time and actually like visited, it would seem a lot cheesier than it did back then. Yeah, that's probably true. And it always gets me when people complain about like the corporate sponsorships. So I think, I think the cheesiness goes away. Yeah. <laughs> Over time, the cheesiness <laughs> fades away. Oh yeah. Yeah. The one, the thing I don't remember a lot from Communicore, but I remember that there was a robot that you could talk to and it was kind of the first iterations of the, um, a voice recognition. Um, Uh, That would be a smart one. SMRT. And they moved him. They moved him. He was on display in, uh, 
at the contemporary for a long time in the in the steakhouse and then when it was the state when it was the concourse steakhouse and then somebody knocked him over and he broke Oh, and no. he's it's gone like now. Yeah. But I remember doing, I remember that as a kid thinking, I am done talking to a robot. This is so cool. But I don't really remember a lot of, um, a lot of the rest of Communicore. That was the one thing that sticks in my mind. Obviously, it made a big impression on me. <laughs> talking yeah, to a robot. They, they, had, they had a bunch of robots. Um... I don't remember the robot arm with a samurai sword, man. Yeah, it was called Re- Expo Robotics. was a show featuring robot arms performing stunts, including oh, fun. Uh, they would precision pop spinning mm-hmm. on the edge of a sword and along strands of wire. Um, and it, pr- it was like a circus act done by robot arms. <laughs> so... Was Sam was like, yeah. Now, what do we? What can we? What can we see a robot arm do these days? Make you drinks. Make make alcohol. <laughs> make you drinks on a cruise ship. Yes. I that that brings up the I kind of miss, and this was after this was when it was in, in Inventions. Was this the the sum of all thrills? Yes. Did you guys? Yeah, ever ride the Kuka that? arm ride thing. No, yeah. I never got to. The the yeah, it's um, Kuka's Robo Coaster uh, mm-hmm. concept. And you basically got to design your own roller coaster, and then it programs it into the the. It's it's basically it was just like a seat on a robot arm, <laughs> and it was a lot yeah, of fun. And I still can't figure out why why they took it out when they did because Interventions has been slowly sort of petering off for a while, and that was that was a great attraction. Like that was really like right when it started, really kind of we're ramping yeah. down it was there. one of the last sponsorships yes. they had actually yeah. signed for that area and they basically at that point they were letting all the sponsorships in their contracts to save money so they were just sort of letting it die a slow death at that point <laughs> yeah it's sad it's i i'm not i can not sure when exactly did they take it out i know my two boys wrote it several years ago it was shortly after we went with you guys in 2000 uh 13 yeah that sounds about right and then it wasn't long after that and then they brought it back briefly to absorb crowds from something else being shut Mm -hmm. down yeah and then uh and then so around probably 2014 ish i'm gonna guess and i regret not going on it during that trip because i would it was fun i mean it's 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 a it's a weird little experience you can go upside down and it's like being shaken up by a robot arm it's cool (laughs) yeah they had something sort of similar it wasn't a robot arm but they were the little uh little design your own roller coaster hyperspace mountain what was it called it wasn't hyperspace the one at disney mountain. quest or maybe it was at, at uh, yeah, disney i quest. wrote that yeah. one and i what was that called? remember the name of it but it was the first time i ever got like sick in a ride yeah it was not good oh yeah it was it was called hyperspace mountain yeah so to kind of transition um, a little bit, so this is not necessarily an attraction that was lost, but a piece of it that has changed. Uh, Jeremy Irons as the uh, voice of space or Spaceship Earth for me. That was a uh, that was something yeah. I just I think he was probably mm-hmm. the best one. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, I do love Judy Dench, but I I agree. I liked I miss Jeremy Irons. There's a lot to miss from Spaceship Earth. That whole, 
I mean, basically, when you get to space at the top on down, there's so many changes to it that are kind of mm-hmm. just totally different. Yeah. And uh, also the the guide on living with the land. Remember when they had that where they actually oh, had someone yeah. in the boat with you mm-hmm. doing yeah, the commentary versus. Yeah. So it just feels like it, it, that ride has lost a lot since going to the just the yeah. audio. Yeah, and I'm hoping that with this really long refurb that they're going to be doing on it, that we we get back some excitement with that attraction. Let's not lose the Rome burning room. How right. many of us have bought candles with that scent? <laughs> I don't know, guys, yeah. with the IP that they're... Or the Phoenicians. Don't touch the Phoenicians. <laughs> right. Yeah, but maybe turn down the volume on the newsboys screaming, extra, extra! Yeah, I swear, okay. if they Fair. if yes. they touch the really funky 70s computer lady with the afro, I'm going to be real upset. Because <laughs> one of these days she's... She's great. One of these days she's going to talk to me finally, I swear. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> it's the yellow tights that's what's working with, for with you. all this ip coming in you you guys know that you know we're gonna see the majesty the the grand miraculous voices of like judy dench and and folks like that be replaced with with a character i guarantee it it's gonna be a character yeah you're probably goofy, right like, about oh, Graham, miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> that was the the last thing we did at epcot was spaceship earth just because i wanted to see it one more time you know the phoenicians and rome is burning uh the monks like just in case because you don't know what's going to be there after they refurb it so mm-hmm. enjoy it yep. that one last time yeah i also miss epcot's parade oh yeah oh yeah bonus points what was epcot's parade called something of nations or the something? tapestry, tapestry of, nations. of nations yes the tapestry of nations it's the only regular parade they've ever held in in epcot and it it had all of those big huge like marionette style yeah. puppets it was a very cool parade those freaked me out when i was a kid yeah <laughs> they really did <laughs> Yeah, it, it ran all the way through the, the World Showcase Lagoon hmm. every day. And they don't really do anything like that in Epcot. And I don't know whether it's because it's becoming too crowded and they feel like there's not room for a well, parade. Well, you can't fit a parade down with all the well, festivals. You, have, <laughs> you know, there's... <laughs> right, exactly. Where yeah. are the spectators going to go if the that booth's is, there? Yeah, is the... that is true. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's true. We've missed. We've lost some of the the that kind of live entertainment, like the World Showcase players. Yeah, they've. Did mm-hmm. you guys ever see mm-hmm. ever see that? Were they the ones that were in England and mm-hmm. did yep. uh, the? Didn't they do like Christmas Carol at Christmas time and stuff? Yes, yes. That one is the one that I remember the most. Is the is the Christmas Carol during the holidays? I've never actually seen them, but Lights of Winter, Lights of Winter, oh, yeah. Christmas celebration, the Christmas lights all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like arches that you walk. I think it was pre-Osborne yeah. family lights. Yeah. The other thing that the yes. other thing you can't do in the World Showcase anymore because of all the booths, and I don't remember how long they did this, but do you recall when the double-decker mm-hmm. buses ran around the World Showcase Lagoon? I don't remember, but I was just reading a photo those. of me in one of those. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, <Boo>. Jess. <laughs> I think now they just trot them out. They have the characters in them. Every I haven't seen that in a long time, though. Yeah. So you can stay every now and then they take they they um uh they yeah they have the entertainment live entertainment acts up and down Main Street in them. 
sometimes. I can't, I haven't been able to find a, a definitive date on when they stopped using them. They were there when Epcot Center opened in 82 and they would go all the way around the one in 1.2 miles of the World Showcase Lagoon and you could have I remember that back in like 2007 from, Animal Kingdom had an opening show where they would bring out double decker buses like that and I swear that they were the same ones. Yeah. Those are probably the ones, yeah. Yeah, cuz if you when you see they they would they just said World Showcase transportation on them. I don't I think they I don't think that's what it says on it anymore when you once in a while yeah. see them in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah but that definitely so, you definitely lose like that kind of kinetic kinetic yeah. energy of yeah. the place but that's what that's kind of what i miss about the world showcase players too because i still love i i do still love just wandering through the world showcase with nothing no real agenda and you still sometimes will come upon some musical acts in in the united kingdom or you know you can you can stop and watch the drummers in japan but um I miss that sort of what mm -hmm. do they what do they call it out at Disneyland yeah. streetmosphere? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I miss yeah, that. If they, it's, it can't be that hard to get you know people from these countries to come out and just oh sure. I mean, you could find local actors in in and around Orlando. Like, um, I think that's a big yeah. part of the problem, though, is they're actors, and then they have to pay yeah. them more. Yeah, it's a different pay setup true. that they have to do. They call them equity players, um, and yeah, if yeah, for them, it's a lot more yeah. prohibitive, mm, and it's why you've seen them cut back severely because it's one of the easiest things for them to cut to save money, and it, it basically they're contracts that are not not too favorable yeah, for Disney true. usually. So. Yeah, the other one I liked in uh, that they did in the UK was that they did a little uh, Arthur and the Quest for the Holy Grail, and it was kind of funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. That and the Christmas Carol. I think they had some other little shows they did, but those are the two that I remember that mm -hmm. I miss. It's funny. There's not a lot that has been lost from uh, World Showcase, other than entertainment mm -hmm. cuts it's yeah, all entertainment stuff like that the um what was her name in japan the the candy oh, oh the candy lady yeah um um can't remember can't what, what her name was but they if after a really long time that they she sort of fizzled out because she stopped being allowed to give away her little sculpture at the end of it. Oh, the for, candy lady. I think it was some kind of new food safety rules mm, or something. Probably. And then, yeah, yeah. then not long after, <laughs> not long after that, then she just she just disappeared. That was really fascinating to watch. So I love uh, Miyuki. I found it. Yes, Miyuki. Miyuki, Epcot's candy lady. She's still around? Yeah. No, I mean like around as in alive. No. <laughs> Way to go dark, just. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, probably. <laughs> well, I've just, I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> dark. I'll send her a message. See, I am her. see what she's up to. <laughs> her last it's her last performance in Epcot was in at the very end of 2013. Uh, her Wikipedia page does not say what she's got going on these days. <laughs> but she's enjoying a life of fun. That's exactly what she's doing. I'm certain that yes. she is she is and she's making Probably with puppies and sunshine. Yes. <laughs> and candy sculptures shaped like little animals. What about Millennium Village? Oh, yeah, Do you guys right remember Millennium Village? 
I have no. I've seen. I've seen lots of pictures, but was never there to experience it. So I visited in '94 and 2013. So that's kind gotcha. of gotcha. So it's it was back, um, and they use this space now just for they use it uh, during. I think they use it during food and wine. It's it's called the the Showplace Theater. It's the entrance is back in between the UK and Canada. And you miss it if when it's not open, when they're not using it, you walk will walk right by it. And it was uh they used it as kind of a an international food court type of thing during the, the millennium celebrations. And they had, it's kind of, I, I hesitate to say that it's, it was kind of a, another food <laughs> festival. <laughs> it's we've, we've had some, <laughs> some members of this cast ex- express dislike of all of the festivals. Uh, but it was, a, it was basically a big uh, food court and they had artisans in there um, as part of the, millennium celebrations and so it was all sorts of countries that are not represented in the world showcase brazil and scotland and sweden saudi arabia even it was kind of neat it was another use for that that big show space that they have that they really only use for special events these days yeah and they so what they just took those people out and just gave them booths out in the walkways instead yeah basically uh, yeah, kind of kind of morphed into one of the other many, i feel like they're just festivals. stringing brazil along yeah. at this point like they've been having them like right <laughs> we'll let you have a booth and we'll really let you are. have a table and yeah that's yeah just, so sad. just give them a pavilion already yeah as long as i can keep getting my crispy pork belly i'm happy and that sure bread. Mm, something that i've noticed in our discussion so far that i think is a little bit interesting is nobody's mentioned world of motion i was gonna Uh, put that well that one is on my list yep and nobody's brought up the big one why are we all just waiting to see who wants to talk about horizons or does nobody (laughs) like horizons never like it because that's what that's what all the real epcot fans are waiting to hear about uh i feel like i guess i put that one sort of low on my list because i felt like it was a little obvious but yeah yes yeah, I was more yeah. concerned about Gary Sinise being replaced by Gina Torres. That's really <laughs> Gina Torres has a better fake hairline at least. So. <laughs> no, well, it's let's fine. talk about <laughs> let's 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 go right into Horizons. Who's a who's a Horizons fanboy? I was. I've never, never been on it. Never I've been seen on videos. Really? It looks awesome. I get how as the spiritual successor to um, to Carousel Progress, Carousel Progress, yeah, it, you know. It kind of was the magnum opus, I guess, of all the ideas here. But um, yeah, I never got to. I never got to write it. Jess, I only yeah. wrote it as a kid, and I, I only, yeah, I only wrote it as a kid, and I was not impressed yeah, me too. as a kid. It... Um, it just it felt like Carousel of Progress, which at that age I absolutely did not want to spend time in. So I was like, okay, well, things look, a... but it's like twice as long. <laughs> yeah it was twice as long <laughs> yeah yeah things are a little bit more revamped and ooh, look that robot has a bow tie on wow that's awesome i but, remember you know, writing it as a kid then I was and loving just it and then I, the last time i wrote it was probably in college and yeah by then i was sort of feeling a little like jess like all right but i i don't know i liked i remember really loving it as a kid <laughs> And yeah, they took it out for a mission space, which is a little bit more thrilling, I guess. <laughs> I guess. 
I wrote it. I wrote that once, and then that was it. I'm never <laughs> writing Mission Space again. It's just, I can get a headache. I can get a headache in so many other ways that I don't need to stand in line for. I just don't. <laughs> I will say, I just, I wanted an honorable okay. mention All for right, Ellen's sure. Energy mm-hmm. Adventure because it was one of the best air con, one of <laughs> one of the best air conditioned naps that you could take in Epcot. Because that ride was like 45 minutes long. It was one of the longest things the I've ever The only thing I remember ride. from that yeah. ride when we went in 94 was mm-hmm. the dinosaurs. I have no recollection of anything yeah. else. The dinosaurs were phenomenal. And have you heard about what they did on closing day no. for that attraction? The last ride, the no. very last ride, they pulled an e-stop. <gasps> wow. On purpose. And they, and let, they everybody let everybody just walk take through. Oh. The dinosaur room, yeah. How oh, incredible man. would that be? Yeah, oh, that would have been awesome. Insane. It was the very last ride. I yeah. don't really remember it yeah, from so before Ellen's Energy Adventure when it was just the universe of energy. I, I know that I know that I wrote it, and it still had it was, that huge, giant theater cars moving through the. I think it was basically the same as Ellen's Energy Adventure, just without her spin on it yeah yes yeah okay um does anybody else have any other uh, honorable mentions that they want to bring up real quick i know dave has to go so is anybody gonna mention illuminations i feel oh, like too our soon. good friend zach too soon. Would, uh, it hurts too much it's too, too soon. soon yeah we're oh no too <laughs> we're soon all healing too soon. right now nope don't talk about it how do you how do you think how do you think he felt when he saw that picture of the uh earth ball being destroyed backstage oh have you seen that one i think he probably cried our good friend zach would be upset with us though if we did not bring up illuminations that had i mean you got to give it to that that attraction that that show had a really good run 1999 to 2019 that's impressive. Not it's, much, you know, not it's, much lasts uh, that long. What I will yeah. say about it is that it really it 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 was Epcot to me, right? I we didn't watch it every single time, but right, and maybe the technology on the giant ball was a little outdated, but it still it still really said Epcot to me, and I, uh, I am a little bit sad that it's gone. I'm really excited for the things that they could do with that huge space for a spectacular nighttime show and i'm hoping that they take advantage of all of it and wow us epcot forever was not really something i would say that wowed me yet uh it's (laughs) i know it's it's just a placeholder i know and i am gonna go see it in person but all right you need something that's not so good to compare the next one to so that the next one looks (laughs) really great yeah because i mean when wishes went away we were all sad about wishes and i loved that show and you know at first all we were all outraged that wishes were going away was going away happily ever after blows that out of the water yeah, and so sure. I can look back fondly at wishes and look forward to seeing happily ever after because it's <laughs> so great. So I kind of hope that that's what that they really do take take the opportunity to use that whole space, use all of the World Showcase Lagoon, and just blow us away. Make it a world of color just on steroids. Yeah, come on, guys. We know they can do it, so they just got to produce. <laughs> yeah. 
That's exactly right. Just invest yeah. the money. Let's go. That is right. You got well, the I money. I hope that made Zach happy. Dave, you need to say goodbye before we uh, wrap up here? Or are you good? Uh, and I'm good. I, it was a good time. Thank you for any. Do you have any? Do you have any digs you want to get in on Epcot before you leave? <laughs> no, nope, oh, I'm good. So. Nope, we'll leave, I'm all done. All we'll done. leave it with that all haiku done. and nope. uh, close out the trilogy like that. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> um, it's out of my system for the week. Perfect. Well, uh, we'll we'll see you again soon, and uh... see you real soon, Dave. Thanks, everybody. It was, it was always a blast. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. So I think that wraps up our discussion of uh, everything that we miss from Days Gone By in Epcot. Heather, you have a really exciting announcement for us. So why don't you tell us all about the Disney Do-Over Contest we've got going? Yes. Starting today, look for uh, a full article and details on themeparkprofessor.com. But we are going to be giving one family a chance to do over a Disney vacation. And here's here's the deal. What we would like to showcase is that planning a trip to Walt Disney World is a lot of work. It's complicated. There's a lot that goes into it. And we really strongly feel that using a travel advisor who really knows Disney is the way to go. So what we are looking for with the Disney do-over is we want you to share your stories with us of a Disney vacation that you planned for yourself without the help of a travel advisor that did not go well. So what we're going to be asking for is for people to submit their stories of their disastrous Disney vacation. And the team at Theme Park Professor is going to go through all the stories and we're going to narrow it down to three. And then we are going to put those three stories up on our social media for a vote. And we're going to ask all of our followers to pick a winning family who are going to win a three night, four day stay at a deluxe resort at Walt Disney World with deluxe dining. And it's going to be planned by a key to the world travel travel advisor to make sure that every moment of the magic is what you were hoping for with your first vacation that did not go so well. So you can uh, check us out on uh, Instagram or Facebook or visit us at www.themeparkprofessor.com. As of today, we're opening up the contest and start sending us those submissions. And we can't wait to hear it. I think we're going to maybe do a little episode of the podcast where we read some of the submissions, maybe let people uh, have a listen to things that went wrong and uh, how you can have a Disney do-over. Absolutely. That is incredibly exciting. I'm trying to figure out if I've got any trips that qualify in my past. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you might not be and eligible. And Dave is not eligible <laughs> yeah, with his exactly. stories of how much We're he hates We're going to have to tell him that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Make Sorry, sure, Dave. <laughs> yeah, make sure you head over to themeparkprofessor.com to get all the details for how to enter. And we'll be reminding you regularly about that here also and uh, come back to hear about those stories later on. Thank you to everybody who joined us again this week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss us. And tell a friend or two who you think might enjoy our show to uh, come along and check us out. Um, is there anything else you guys want to plug, announce, talk about before we go? Nope. See you on the next adventure. All right. Sounds good. In that case, we're going to say goodbye, and we'll see you next week.
Yes. Have a good week. It's time to close this week's gathering of the Gold Key Adventurer Society. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to become a member of our band of explorers, all you have to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and review, won't you? We'll be eternally grateful. It helps other adventurers find us and helps us grow our show. To ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the Gold Key Adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song, Hoka Hey, for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe, or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventure Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide, so go have an adventure.